0: Welcome into the DMVR Draft Podcast. This is going to be a fun one. Another week where we're doubling up and the college football season is right around the corner. We've got lots of things to get to. But really, listeners to the show already know that the number one pick when it comes to beef, steak, anything to put on your grill, anything to enjoy, it's the, the best damn good beef you can find. It's Hassle Cattle Company. Uh, they are incredible. Um, finding them has been just such a treat. I've told the story a million times of how my daughter wouldn't really eat protein early on when she started eating solid foods. And then she started eating steak. And then she was introduced to Hassle Cattle Company. And she could eat like an entire steak to herself. It ruined her for other uh, red meat, and I can't even blame her. The same thing happened to me, frankly. You eat any other burger, bra, uh steak especially, and you're just like, oh, man, I may, I wish this was some Hassle Cattle Company. Wagyu beef, the best of the best. We've got it at the DMVR bar. The burgers are out of this world. Anytime I hear someone make a read, Like this or just talk about it or order a burger in front of me. I'm so jealous. I'll be taking my sister this week to try it out and uh, check all that out. And, you know, they've made it affordable for you and they give you the best beef Um, you'll find. And it's convenient. So use that code DMVR10 at checkout and you'll get 10% off your entire purchase. That's DMVR10 um, to save 10% every Time they're also giving out a $200 gift card and cooler to a lucky winner. It's easy to enter, just head to the DMVR Sports Twitter page and click the link to our pinned tweet. So much great stuff! Check them out, they are absolutely amazing. Uh, one of our favorite sponsors. Come in for the DMVR Draft Podcast on this lovely Friday. Sky's finally clearing a little bit here in Denver. It was joyous to drive down to the bar and actually see the Denver skyline. That was nice. That kind of freed some anxiety today. So that's wonderful. DraftKings Sportsbook is our presenting sponsor. Henry is out in Boulder doing stuff. So I am joined with Jake Schwanitz, Justin Michael. How are we doing, fellas?
1: Fantastic. How you doing, Dre?
0: Oh, great. Friday vibes all around, you know.
2: Let's get it. Yeah. Always good on a Friday, right?
0: Absolutely. And, um, you know, we're going to start this off since it's like one of the rare kind of draft nuggets to come out. Um, we might as well talk about it for a minute. It's uh, the George Payton quote that um, set Bronco's Twitter on fire for a couple days to Peter King. And rightfully so, and he's since cleared it up and given um, several different explanations and qualifiers to what he said. Um, for starter, though, the quote itself, does anyone have that handy right now so that we can give a little frame of reference here from Peter King?
1: I'm pulling it up. I got it right here. Um so this is the uh the excerpt from Peter King's article. Mm-hmm. Um the actual quote I guess from Payton Pey- says uh plus and this is not why we did it drafts Patrick certain uh but quarterbacks are available more than franchise corners every year at least the last couple of years. So I don't know what is that 25 30 words and everyone lost their freaking minds.
0: Yeah. And the most important is that in parentheses, qualifier, and this is not why we did draft Sertain, um, which, and this is something we've talked about, you know, you can, we love to analyze the draft and see kind of that large trends and what have you. But at the end of the day, all of these decisions are made in a vacuum with a couple guys on their board. And who knows, maybe the Panthers take uh, Sertain and then JC Horn is the best cornerback remaining on the board. Maybe the Broncos do go in another direction there or trade down or what have you. Um, So, you know, and he has explained that he, he does, he said before the quarterbacks, the most valuable position um, in football, Uh, but it is still an interesting quote to look at and kind of a draft trend to try and figure out, and I think one of the better ways to like analyze the actual market value of these two positions is to simply see how they've been paid over the last, you know, I started in 2010 to kind of track data on this. Um, And, you know, it's who gets to a second contract and isn't getting paid like league minimum, like, yeah, we'll give you a chance as a fifth corner. Who's getting a second year contract and still getting paid like a starting level player um and who's making like top 15 money and um obviously we can't go back and do that with anyone drafted after 2017 because they haven't reached the second contract yet but with quarterbacks guys who are drafted in the first 3 rounds um 15 from 2010 to 2017 were able to get starter level money with that second year contract 28 weren't um, so, you know, you're, you're batting about one to two there. You're batting about 30%, which shoot uh, any major league hitter would take and most NFL GMs, I think, would take. And who knows, maybe that means you drafted Paxton, you drafted Drew Locke, you're due at the next one, or it means you drafted Brock Osweiler, Paxton, and uh, Drew's supposed to be the next one or what have you. As far as getting top 15 money at the position, 11 were able to succeed in that, 33 were not. Which again, for 44 guys drafted in that range, it's not bad. Um, Of course, of guys not drafted in the top 100, not drafted in the three rounds, there are only three such guys that fit that label, and that would be Dak, Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins. No surprise there. Um, Interestingly enough, all those guys selected in years when the broncos drafted a quarterback i'm trying to think if russ and kirk were the same year i guess i have it on my other sheet i don't think so russ drafted of course the year brock osweiler was drafted daft drafted the year paxton lynch was drafted Kirk cousins drafted the year prior that's the uh cam uh, andrew luck rg3 draft and elway wasn't in charge there and i don't believe the Broncos drafted a quarterback that year. Um, unless I'm forgetting tebow Ball.
1: No, I think that uh, was the year
2: before 10. that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, and then as far as if we isolated that to just first rounders, eight succeeding in reaching that second year starter money, 14 not. Um, so again, we're looking at a one to two ratio. Cornerbacks, there are truly so many drafted. So again that's another caveat in this is when Peyton says this, he's probably accounting for the fact that, well, there are only 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL, 32 backups. Um, There are 64 starting level cornerbacks in the NFL. I mean, that's just the math of it. And with the way the game is played, it's really closer to damn near hundred, right? At least 98. Um, So that's where this gets immediately skewed, and it's hard to look at um, apples for apples. And I think where Peyton saves himself with this quote is the caveat of franchise cornerbacks. Because, fellas, I look at the top paid cornerbacks in the league, and I see Jalen Ramsey, Marlon Humphrey, Tredavious White, Darius Slay, I'd probably stop myself at Jalen Ramsey, but at most I'd go as far as Tredavious White. Maybe I'd add Stephen Gilmore. We're talking about three or four franchise cornerbacks in the NFL.
1: Like- Pat Pete as well. I mean,
0: there you go. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, like franchise quarterbacks who really allow you to throw off the defense, the math defense that you're playing with, where you say, okay, this guy can cover anyone of the 32 teams in the league one-on-one, which means we can a lot more resources, wide receiver two, tight end, uh, more in manufacturing pressure, what have you. And that's where it's really different. Um, and of course, you know, when you look at contracts, the top cornerbacks getting paid $20 uh, million per year on the average annual salary. You know, qu- quarterbacks are making at least twice that. Um And so while the success rate might be similar, the other interesting thing in this is that of the top 19, 20 corners, uh, top paid corners in the league, all but like two or three are first round cornerbacks. James Bradbury is one of those. Shaquille Griffin is one of those. Um, Ronald Darby is one of those. The rest, I mean, we're splitting hairs, Darius Slay drafted in the first 10 picks of the second round. They're all top 40 picks. Most are first rounders. Um, So yeah, I mean, these are both positions where you got to be drafting the premier guys with premier picks. Um, To say we haven't, you know, this is a recent trend. I always say, you know, I always wait till we at least pay the guys. So I can't even speak on what's happened with the corners and quarterbacks drafted between 2018 to 2021 because it's still too early to to give judgment. And um, even if the success rate is comparable merely because so many cornerbacks are being drafted, um, the money just simply is not when you look at the top 15 guys. Now, the 20th, 25th highest paid cornerback is paid not too far off what the highest paid um, cornerback in the league is. They're both making about that eight to seven mil per year. Um, But that's just kind of the data. I don't know where where you guys want to take that from there.
1: Sure. I mean, just overall with this whole thing, it's kind of a shame just because obviously Pat Sertan's a great player. Um, He's a guy that you know, we talked about him a ton, just in terms of overall polish and just versatility, and you know, covering yeah. the speediest mm-hmm. wide receivers, the biggest tight ends, um, you know, stuff like that. Um, but we're talking about the quarterback position here. Obviously, it's the most important um, to me. I think the most concerning part that came from the Peter King no article—it um, wasn't—they oh, changed
0: a, that recently. A,
1: a quote, um, but it was a. Uh, um, some analysis from Peter King just on what uh, Peyton said. He said, finally, uh, he, referring to George Peyton, felt a duty to the franchise to give Locke a legitimate shot to be the long-term guy after predecessor John Elway picked him 42nd overall two years ago. So he could have taken the plunge for a quarterback he liked, but didn't yeah, love exactly, and chose to pick so- a sure thing at a lesser position but at an important position nonetheless.
0: Basically, that's um, not updated.
1: Why I find that concerning... So I
0: think they're taking the line down.
1: Um, Is because... Can
0: you hear me? Yeah. Oh, fuck. One sec. I thought I turned the mic off.
2: Okay, sorry, Alan.
1: You're good. <laughs> Technical
2: <laughs> difficulties. All right, let's keep
1: rolling. <laughs> um, so the reason why I find that a bit concerning is just because, you know obviously Elway's still like in the picture. Right. Um, and I just think that, you know, maybe there's not, there was a bit, lot of the deal made when Peyton was hired that, you know, now it's his team. He's got the final say, uh, but maybe John Elway has a bit more say than we were originally led to believe. And maybe that was a condition why Peyton was hired at the time. You know, he has to give drew lock this year. That's why I found that a bit concerning. Um, but I mean, it's just a shame we're having this conversation because Sertan's a great player. Um, even if Fields turns out to be a massive hit, uh, the Broncos still got a great player. Justin, what do you think?
2: I think you're, I think you're spot on there. You know, I, I would be concerned if Peyton being hired, if he would have had you know some type of restrictions, like you're going to give Locke a shot no matter what, because I think that's detrimental to the, to the future of your franchise, especially if you know somebody that's worth selecting is is on the board. I don't know. There's a lot of different ways that that would make sense. You know, just thinking about it, especially given the length of his contract, if they were like, you want to know what, we're going to give you plenty of time, but you, you know, at the very minimum have to, to do this with lock. It wouldn't be shocking. I don't know. It could also just be a, a situation where George Payton is, you know, just trying to be respectful of his draft principles. And, you know, maybe one of his principles is just that it's too early to give up on a quarterback that you invested this much capital in, regardless of the fact that it was, you know, not his pick, but that, that's definitely one of the more interesting parts of the whole, you know, situation. It was just I don't. football seasons back. It was funny to see Broncos, you know, Twitter, everybody online get, you know, go up in flames again. I was like, oh yeah, NFL season is definitely back.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's um, a really good point of that dynamic at hand, you know, um, and we'll really never know. And, what isn't mentioned is how much like was the Aaron Rodgers stuff happening last minute influence. Right. Um, and you know, I, at the end of the day for as much as we can go around it, 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 I go back to a Michael Lombardi, the former GM of Raiders and assistant GM Patriots, lots of teams. Um, you know, talking about drafting a quarterback is all about having an appetite. And having an appetite, there's also a bit of desperation and there's also like a scheme fit that's right. And there's also just an urgency. The Bears probably had more urgency than any other front office to find a franchise quarterback and get that finally figured out this offseason. The Broncos are operating on a, under a new GM with potential uh, ownership change looming there was no urgency where there was the opposite of urgency um that's hard for a fan base that's just never been used to this kind of consistent losing um and that feels like look man we we've seen some of the highest picks in broncos franchise history come by so i don't want to really hear about some like oh well actually when you look at the numbers the success rate for cornerbacks and quarterbacks is about the same because we had a top 10 pick two of the last 3 years and you kind of got to maximize that you know and we've passed on Josh Allen right. and Lamar Jackson once already who did you just pass on this time you know it's a uh, opportunity cost is a big thing in this um and it's something that the the Browns have kind of been doomed with forever until they finally pulled the plug on um on Baker you know the trading out of the pick that became Deshaun Watson and trading out of all sorts of potential franchise quarterbacks. It's it's a rough dealio when you start to pass on too many guys.
1: And just going back into the Vikings' draft history, you know, we they were kind of the butt of a joke because they selected so many first round corners. Um, maybe Peyton played a bigger role in that uh, mm-hmm. than originally thought because obviously he was assistant to Spielman, who was actually making the picks. Um, maybe Peyton was kind of the driving force behind that. Also, in terms of Peyton's, uh just view on positional value. I mean, he did take a running back with a top thirty-five pick this year. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I we talked so much about Javante Williams. I love the player, but Absolutely. in terms of you know positional value, yeah. um, maybe not the best pick at thirty-five overall. Uh, mm-hmm. As much as I love the player, but it is just concerning to see that maybe. Um, Maybe not concerning, but he's just got may have an unconventional way of viewing positional value. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of seeing that unfold, you know.
0: The other thing is he's coming from a front office that, I mean, for lack of better words, had a full-on cornerback fetish fam. Um, they, they I mean, just could not help themselves. And Zimmer came from Cincy, where they were drafting cornerbacks left. Right. And they haven't totally all worked out. Trey Wayne's one of the top paid cornerbacks has um, that was drafted by the Vikings, but he's not even there anymore. You know, uh, Mike Hughes was just recently um, traded away. Not all those corners, Xavier Rhodes is another guy. not all those corners they have drafted in Minnesota while they did all have some productive stretches have maybe uh, lasted the test test of time. And none of them maybe even qualify as a franchise cornerback. So maybe that's why I, what I find more most appalling is why are you telling me about drafting franchise corners and quarterbacks? You, your record shows you've drafted neither. Right. So you know, um, which like, hey man, no, like you could have said the same thing about Elway, and that that's a GM that has a Super Bowl ring. So whatever. Um, yeah. But you know, it's just like he could have just stayed away from this entirely, um, and like in general I don't think that this Peyton front office quite had a feel for what this town was going to be when they drafted Sertan Mm -hmm. like I don't from what I understand they were kind of shocked that the the response was so negative for them passing on a quarterback and going with Sertan you know it's just like this place is different this fan base is different Um, and frankly I think that's Part of the problem while there are more obstacles than other places in developing a franchise QB here, because the standards are just different. Um, That's, that's just it. Um, And that it's, that's a tough environment to succeed in plain and simple.
1: I mean, you know, obviously the franchise has experienced a lot of you take the Peyton years aside. I mean, going back, even after Jake Plummer, this franchise has really had a problem finding stability at the quarterback position. And you know, not to hate Drew Locke or anything, but he's already 18 games started into his career. I mean, that's a pretty substantial, you know, uh, sample size, even though last year was just kind of a mess with COVID and the whole situation. Um, we're 18 games in, and I think that's a pretty fair number in terms of evaluating a, a quarterback, uh, not only right now, but projecting for the future. Um, and, you know, maybe Drew Locke does come out in – lights the world up mm-hmm, this year mm-hmm. but just based on the 18 games started it just hasn't been good enough and I think that's why uh, Denver in particular was kind of pushing for that quarterback in April and why the reaction was so I guess um, blindsiding to Peyton when they didn't select Justin Fields or Mac Jones even right right
0: And I mean with those data sets it's it's the same thing as what Peyton's talking about That's incredibly valuable data, an 18-game set. Uh, We can look at history. Usually after 18 games, you kind of know yes or no on a guy. Drew Locke's circumstances a little more extenuating because of all the COVID stuff, because of the new regime coming into play, because of having to adjust, because of even some of the injuries he was dealing with in training camp the last two years, his first two years in the NFL. So maybe it's not as strict to him, but it's definitely an initial um indicator to go off of and all of those decisions are made in a vacuum and uh this one had to have as well and it'd be boy rather than this kind of comment i would rather i, I would much rather know a little more in detail what it was about certain or what it wasn't about fields that you know made I, that like go off right
1: I, that's the thing though is i don't think we're ever really oh, going to no. get that answer even when peyton oh, no one day is not the GM I don't really see him looking back on the 2021 draft and fully explaining why he picked Sertan over Fields or why Fields wasn't good enough for him so
0: 100 percent and they're all kind of the kind of debates we have year-round that comes down to this trait that trait you know and and you hash it out and you kind of figure it out and you split some hairs and could be right it could be wrong it's gonna a lot of it will just come down to the circumstances you put these guys in you know that are kind of out of the evaluators hands entirely anyways
1: yeah. um real quick though i'll let you jump in justin uh, i mean just kind of to Pey- Peyton's point um you know franchise quarterbacks they're not i don't say franchise quarterbacks but quarterbacks are becoming more available i mean we've spent yes already a lot yes a time talking about this upcoming class um, there's three, four guys that we think right now are pretty surefire first round picks. And then there's a ton of wild cards, uh, Desmond Ritter, Djokovic, um, your guy from Nevada, Justin, that could definitely enter the conversation too. So there is some, even though the quote was taken out of context, there is some, a little bit of validity to what he said um, in that quote.
2: Yeah, that's just what I was going to say there. I mean, there is some substance to what he's saying. It's just, I think Dre nailed it when he said you need to have a sense of the pulse of the town, you know? So the fact that they were surprised, that's a little concerning to me, you know, you should probably understand what's going on. Not, not that you should always, you know, make your draft picks based on what the fans want. I mean, especially if you have, you know, a strategy and you firmly believe in it, we all know that fans can be overreactionary and emotional and all that. And, and that's fine. That's part of what makes, you know, the NFL is so fun, the whole culture is, you know, how invested everybody is from the fans to the players and, and on. But I don't know, it's just a there's a lot of really good cornerbacks in the league. But how often has a really good cornerback been the difference between winning a Super Bowl and not winning a Super Bowl versus how frequently is having a good quarterback the difference between, you know, winning a Super Bowl and not winning a Super Bowl? And ultimately, the standard is always to contend for championships. I love Pat Sertan. Like there, there's no. few players coming out that I liked as much as Patrick Sertan. But if it is a situation where one of these quarterbacks booms the way that Josh Allen did, the way Lamar Jackson did, it's it's gonna be really hard unless obviously, you know, Drew Locke ends up panning out. And if he does, you know, that's that's the ultimate wild card in this whole factor is what happens with Drew lock. I mm-hmm. think 18 games is a fair sample size to give him an honest evaluation. But I also think there's a fair argument that he hasn't been put in the best position to succeed, especially, you know, moving on from Rich Scangarello after yeah. they were really clicking at the end of that first start, then going into last year, I, I can't imagine it's very easy to learn a new NFL system right. when you can't even be in the building consistently, when you can't yeah. have the type mm-hmm. of meetings that you're normally having. I'm not trying to make excuses for him, but I mean, all of these things should be taken into consideration. So it, it's going to be a wait and see type thing. I think everybody wants to have, The answer right now I think it's safe to say at least the Broncos landed a really talented player you know it wasn't a situation where they passed on a quarterback and landed a dud they landed about as good of a player that you could land in that situation but I mean the big question is obviously just what do they have at the quarterback position and is it going to be enough because that secondary can be locked down but if they're not scoring you're not going to beat the Chiefs you're not going to beat the Chargers probably not even going to beat the Raiders so you know what happens with Drew that's that's the big wild card that's the big question or Teddy or whoever it ends up right. being.
1: And then just looking at it from like an analytical standpoint, you know, EPA's expected points added is kind of the big stat that, um, you know, not only quarterbacks, but how offenses are kind of evaluated. Um, there's no, there's just no way of comparing cornerbacks to quarterbacks in terms of EPA. I mean, quarterbacks drive that stat. And even a uh, pro football reference, they have a stat approximate value uh, that kind of attaches a single number uh, to a player for the given season that uh, more or less kind of gives an idea of how good they are. Drew Locke's approximate value, even as a rookie, was three um, below average. And then last year it was five, which is about average. So it's uh, it's just, I mean, you're really hoping that he gets above that, that average point. Um, but we'll see how it all unfolds.
0: Yeah, and the other thing is, I mean, Well, while I was doing this, the thing I kept trying to tell myself was, well, what really matters here is how many defenses can I even remember that won a Super Bowl, even went to the Super Bowl. Let's say just even big-time contenders were the best player on the defense, and it was a defense that kind of led the way, was a corner. I don't know, man. I'm kind of drawing a blank. I guess that that Patriots defense that was That's phenomenal. What I was say, couple Gilmore, maybe. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, even yeah. when remember when they added Revis too, they won that Super Bowl over yeah. the um, the Seahawks that year when they added Re- Revis. Yeah, I mean that came down to a play though, so we're splitting hairs here. We're probably having a completely different conversation. Totally. If Russell Wilson doesn't throw that pick, you know.
0: You can say you can say Revis on some of those really good Jets teams too. I mean, they they never made the Super Bowl, but they won you know they won double
2: digit games and went back to back AFC championships. Didn't yeah,
0: they? and champ champ, you know he he played in some big time games, you know, at least mm-hmm. that 05 AFC Championship game. But it, it ain't many. It <laughs> ain't many um So it, that's a tricky proposition to try and build your your team that way. And I mean, to your guy's point of there's more quarterbacks coming. Um, five, four, three, five. That's how many first round quarterbacks we've seen drafted in the last four years. um So yeah, we've seen five twice, four once, and three once. Um, but that's also part of like an overflooded market because we're more willing to take a roll of the dice on a first round quarterback than we used to because of the rookie scale so, mm-hmm. so there is god there's enough context to write a book to, to explain that Peyton quote and and thoroughly kind of go through everything that is uh that's involved in that um so you know it's the off season. If we can't nerd out uh, on team construction in on August the thirteenth, I don't know when we can, guys. So, <laughs> right. um, Thank you to George Payton and thank you to you two brave souls for indulging me on that uh, discussion. I know people are tired of the Sertan Fields talk. I promise that this isn't something we'll revisit every single day. But you know, we just wanted to give a greater context at large, um, even from just a team building standpoint.
2: And if you just want to feel good, you can always remember Patrick Sertan's going to be really good, really good, like as good as any cornerback that's played here in a long time.
0: I
1: mean, go ahead, Jake. I I was just going to say, I mean, in terms of surefire prospects in this draft, I mean, it was probably Kyle Pitts one and then uh, Patrick Sertain too, honestly. I mean, I don't really think that any of the quarterbacks, maybe Trevor Lawrence, of course, um, but outside of him. I don't think anyone else really had as high of a hit rate as Certaine was going to have.
0: And that that's part of opportunity cost as well. Opportunity cost is a double-edged sword by not going quarterback. You have still the opportunity to see a, what you have in house, whatever. And B to go hunting for a quarterback next draft or 2023, which is the one that we've got circled in red. So yeah, you know, um, and not to mention the free agent and trade market that will open up those next couple off seasons as well. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, yeah. All right, fellas, that was extraordinary. We are gonna talk, we've talked NFL and draft thus far. We're gonna go back, change um, flip the script alone, talk some college football, look at some win totals. But first, I want to talk about DraftKings draft. Props right now because they never sleep just like us on the draft. Sam Howell, all of a sudden, a favorite to be the first overall pick at plus 225 in, f- in front of Spencer Rattler, Kayvon Thibodeau, and Malik Willis. We've seen some massive movement um, from Willis above all. But I think Howell being the favorite is a new thing. Also, Matt Carell tied with JT Daniels. We're seeing Slovis kind of drop off. Derek Stingley. Marvin Leal. So we're starting to see the quarterbacks pick up, and uh, it always picks up at DraftKings Sportsbook. Now they've got same game parlays. It's just incredible. All the deals they have, I've been like just raking it in with the 100% MLB profit boost. They're incredible. And right now, if you're a new user, you use code DNVR. You bet $1 on college football, which like we're going to have that who's the better future Clemson, Alabama debate all year here. Um, So pick your poison, place that dollar bet, and you'll get a free 200 um, in free bets. That's promo code DNVR to get a free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time at DraftKings Sportsbook. They've got all those props we've talked about before. They've got the draft stuff I just talked about. It's an amazing resource. You want to get ready for college football, check out those props. It's just incredible. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only to take care of that uh, great deal for first-time users. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. While it's important to keep that wallet flush with all those great deals at DraftKings, um, it's also really important to take care of your teeth. Especially now, I know we've been saving money here and there um, as a whole uh, the last few years. But, you know, it's, it's time to get back at it. Make sure you take care of your teeth. And there's no better place for DMVR listeners than the hardcore sports fans at Green Mountain Dental. Uh, you know, they're family owned. They'll take care of you. They're local. Um, and they'll do right by our listeners. I can tell you that much just from the experiences other people have had who've, uh, you know, gone in and let the good people at Green Mountain know that we we took them in there in lakewood and uh even our staff and you know some have had infections and stuff but then the people at green mountain dental which can happen when you have root canals or what have you took such good care um they're just the best and you know with keeping in line with the your general health and especially your oral health you go in there uh schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam and you'll receive a free sonicare toothbrush Um, And, you know, tweet at us when you go there. Let us know. They've been longtime DMVR partners. They're just the best. They're only 15 minutes from downtown, and uh, they'll take good care of you. Great customer service. And then they've got that great deal to just keep improving that oral hygiene, which is so key to your overall health. Go check them out in in Lakewood. Tell them we sent them. And, uh, yeah, get that great deal. So Green Mountain Dental in Lakewood. Go check that out. Beautiful. And we're right back. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook presenting sponsor to the here draft pod. Said that reverse. Both words start with draft. It worked out just fine. Justin, you put this together for us. Um, so, so give us some context here. We're, we're going off the AP top 25.
2: The college football playoff top 25. Ooh, this, this was the final rankings from last year. You know, you can do the excellent the way too early projections or whatever. And, and you can do that on top 25, but I figured it just makes the most sense to go based off substance. What we've already seen these teams finished in the top 25. They're obviously expected to be, you know, pretty good. I mean, things can drastically change from year to year, but yeah, I don't know. I just thought it'd be fun to kind of go through most of these. We don't have to debate about all of them, but, sure. you know, kind of just talk about some of the ones that stand out. I think there's a couple of intriguing ones in terms yeah. of getting plus money, Uh, for pretty good teams that could, you know, rattle off double-digit win seasons. So let's just kind of start. Let's just kick it off. Do we want to start at the top with Alabama and Clemson? I'd say first, let me
0: start with
2: what's really
0: interesting. I love how you did this. So Justin put a sheet together for us of the top 25 teams, and we've got all the win totals right here for us. Of the teams who ended the year in the top 25, you've got three being pretty severely disrespected with the win total set at six and a half and those teams are northwestern we remember the magical season they had last year nc state which man that's i'd forgot they Mm -hmm. were ranked last year and tulsa all at six and a half anyone really intrigued by the over on these like northwestern like They've been doing some stuff. They're always solid. I could
2: see that easily clearing the six and a half. It's interesting that Northwestern, both the the under and over are both minus money. So I think Vegas thinks similarly Mm -hmm. to what you do, you know, that they're a pesky opponent, that they're Mm -hmm. ripe for a potential, you know, eight, nine win season, but I think it's just kind of a a matter of them being, you know, safe. And, you know, it's always tough to say with some of these schools, you know, even like in Indiana, for instance, is seven and a half, which is probably pretty low with the talent that they return at quarterback and wide receiver. I I like some of their pieces in the secondary as well, Mm -hmm. but I mean, it's like, both of them are coming back from major injuries. You know, what it, how ready are they going to be? Are they going to come out of the gate hot, which is always a big factor in in all these, you know, you got to get a good start in non-conference play. It feels like college football season though. Like, you know, last year going into the year, I just kept waiting for everything to get canceled. And so I didn't even really want to look at the win totals or like put myself in that state of mind. But right now I'm just excited, man. When I look at these, I'm like, all right, where are we going to make some money?
0: And it, it looks like they're at least consistent because last year you were right. I mean, we had like SEC, ACC ranked through the first two months. Then we had to start figuring out the big 10. So weird. Goal. It was whack. Um, okay. Let's start. Let's start with Alabama then. I, I can't wait to get into Indiana, but let's take our time. 11 and a half. Um, they start with the Chick-fil-A kickoff game against Miami. Yeah. Um, it's not the hardest schedule You get lsu at home you're on the road in the iron bowl you get a&m on the road and florida september 18th in the swamp honestly if they got florida three months later when Mullins got his offense ticking all of a sudden i'd be on upset watch there but not so much now um So I don't know, over 11 and a half guys, undefeated season as well. These are Clemson,
2: Alabama. We're deciding, are they going to go undefeated essentially? Right.
1: Right. You can get it at plus
2: money. So at least it's, it's somewhat intriguing. I didn't mean to interrupt you there, Jake. No, you're fine. You're
1: fine. I was just going to say, I mean, they have 12 regular season games. The over or under is 11 and a half, but then you got to factor in obviously the SEC championship game, which I mean, it's been just kind of, and put putting Sharpie on Alabama's schedule for the last few years. Yeah. Um, and then if they make the playoff, that's two more games there. So even if this team is just not what they were last year, 11 and a, or 12 wins, I guess would be the over. I think that's perfectly attainable. I mean, we've talked a little bit about Bryce young, but he's a guy that live live arm um, and they're returning some talent and they're just reloading also in terms of recruiting. I think the over is pretty safe here also at the plus money. I mean, I don't know. Is there any other sure bet maybe other than Clemson for that?
2: I just like that you can get them at plus money. That's the big thing for me. I don't, I don't on principle, I don't love on betting on anybody to run the table on college football because I just think it's too weird. You know, even if you are the best team in college football, you can lose a kick six game against Auburn and I've still Mm -hmm. not gotten over that and I never will get over it. But (laughs) like, it's one of my favorite finales of all time.
1: Incredible. Oh, so I still I mean, pull that YouTube video up. Yeah, <laughs>
2: incredible. Oh my god. My friends, when uh, we've been drinking, some of my friends from college, they'll pull that clip up and just watch the rage, you know, take over my face. Like, how dare? Get out of my house right now! But <laughs> I think, I think you know, with the ability to basically bank on both of these teams making their conference championship games, and a lot of weird stuff can happen. You know, you never know, but the odds are in their favor. I like the over on, on both Clemson and Bama, especially just because it's plus money. Like if one of them hits, you're probably going to come out on top.
0: Clemson's the same thing. I mean, they open with Georgia neutral field, you know, Um, September 4th. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe JT Daniels has the game of his life. And then October 2nd, they get BC who's going to be pesky. They're going to run the table. Otherwise though. Um, Mm -hmm. like this team kind of underachieved last year but still was like gangbusters they're going to be just fine this year so there you go i think we start with two overs ohio state the more interesting one they're set at 11 here um out of conference schedule is going to give us oregon against ohio state outside of that it's a pretty standard big 10 schedule
1: I mean, you got to travel to Indiana. You also have to travel to Michigan. Um, So there are some games that can, you know, a little bit iffy, but we're talking about Ohio State here. I still don't think anyone in the Big Ten is really up to that level. Even with the uncertainty at the quarterback position, I mean, we're talking about Ohio State, Master Teague's back. The run game's just still going to be on fire. I I just have a hard time seeing this team underachieve that 11-win total.
2: A lot of unproven, though, at the quarterback lots, position with these lots. top five teams. You know, we we know what we saw from DJ in a small sample size at Clemson. But yeah. again, you know, there, we have seen situations like at Ohio State where somebody you know catches catches lightning in a bottle real quick and looks incredible, and then you know Cardale Jones comes back to life. But I, I don't foresee that happening. I'm just saying, you know, with all these top five teams, it's, it's a lot of unproven, and that could always throw a wrench in all of these.
1: Right. So I was surprised close,
2: how low Notre Dame was, though. It's almost at eight close and a to half. A stay away, Ohio State. But
0: I think, like everything you guys just said, like gun to my head, I'm taking the over. And it's yeah. because even if they of the top three, they're the one I have less confidence um, in going undefeated. But like I still have a nice margin there to clear eleven um, because I'm I'm feeling pretty good about them being able to you know like make their conference final and mm-hmm. get all that done um justin was just saying about notre dame at eight and a half that is an interesting one for sure now it's going to be back to a non-acc notre dame schedule right which definitely
1: yep.
0: flips the script i don't know is this the weakest notre dame schedule we've seen in a while
1: I mean, even though it's weak, Notre Dame still always has a pretty decent schedule. I mean, well, you got North sure. Carolina, USC, Wisconsin, but I, yeah. I do agree. And then, obviously, one. no, Ian, Cincy also. Um, I don't know who's playing quarterback for them, though. Yeah. Man, would, if this team did not have Phil Dracovic transfer away, though, um, I mean, obviously, he'd be completely unknown at this point, though. We wouldn't have seen him play last year. Um, but with what we saw last year, and let's just say maybe he didn't transfer and he steps into that starting quarterback role. This over would have been, you know, easy money, I think. Um, Again, a lot of unknown with that. But eight and a half at this point, I mean, is Notre Dame kind of ready to take a step back here? They did kind of take advantage of that schedule last year. Um, They had the veteran quarterback. Um, They do still have talent, though, is my thing. But, man, um, I mean, you're kind of no conference championship either. So that's a huge factor. Um, So you're really needing them to play you up to that standard that they've been i mean nine and three's mm-hmm. kind of been like their i don't yeah. want to say ceiling but that's just you know what we've expected from them over the last five years
0: yeah they've got 12 regular season games so to clear that nine i need to find three losses i guess wisconsin cincinnati north carolina would be your three talking notre dame justin yeah i'm I mean, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Stanford could do it. but I'm
1: taking the over. I think that's the safe bet. I mean, you're really kind of betting that they're – if you do take the under, you're betting that they basically lose Wisconsin, Cincinnati, and North Carolina, Mm -hmm. and another game, which I don't really see happening. I mean, even if they go one and two in those big three games that we mentioned, um, that's still hitting the over. I mean, maybe you get a Stanford loss or something out of nowhere. but I still think, you know, gun to my head, I think over is what I would land on here Um, just because. I
0: I know what you're saying about book. Um, I also kind of felt like he was holding them back. Like if they were to ever find a quarterback who kind of pops for them with Mm -hmm. the way they've recruited the O-line and uh, you know, the way they've been dominant on defense, they could take a, you know, that next step. Um, Jeez, we're just hammering these overs, huh?
1: I mean, they're all in different conferences, though, so that's, you got to keep that in perspective, too, that's right? True. I mean, they're not all playing each other yet, and even if they do end up playing each other, that probably means they all hit the over, so.
0: Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, and then we have A&M at nine and a and at 9.5. We are high on their talent, um, and we've kind of talked about this before. They have some pretty easy road games in the sec lsu olmez missouri those are your road games in the sec arkansas you get Bama at home uh you got south carolina and auburn at home and like you're playing none of the big dogs in the east you don't Mm -hmm. have to face florida you don't have to face georgia so it's a really easy schedule um i think they'll still lose to bama I could still see
2: him losing another one of those. 10 wins feels really achievable for this team, though. Yeah, it does.
1: Yeah. I mean, even last year, they, I mean, oh. the impact players were still a bit young last year, but you're not having a Kellen Mond kind of come in. So that's obviously the wild card. But still, even Kellen Mond wasn't, you know, lighting the world on fire every week last right. year. And they still easily hit over 10 wins.
0: Yeah. No, I think we're, we're on the right track here. Um, Oklahoma set at eleven. Is that
2: right? Yeah. Wow. So it's, it's a little high for my for my taste, especially in a wacky conference like the Big Twelve. I mean, if if Spencer Rattler completely booms this year and takes his game to the next level, it's probably probably fairly achievable because I think even the second best team in Iowa state talent wise is, is still a, you know, a gap below Oklahoma, but I don't know that that's, that's a lot. You're counting on them to win 12 games. If you take the over and right. I, I don't know if that's going to happen. So, so that again, no mean, big 12 championship game.
0: Oh, okay. So they, I mean, you're either pushing because they have one loss or they're going undefeated and you're winning.
2: The value's the under, not really there. Take the
0: under. Yeah. Plus, Oklahoma State on the road to end the season. They'll have Iowa State right before that at home.
1: And look, I believe in Texas and Sark this year. Um, I think that game's really going to be – I mean, it's always kind of a coin flip either way because it's a just a big rivalry game. Yeah. But I really think that Texas is going to bring it this year and really challenge them. Um, if I had to mark that down, I'd probably mark that as a loss. So you're really, really kind of – up against the line there in terms of wiggle room and hitting that uh, over eleven number. I mean, if it was ten and a half, maybe you consider the over. But with it at eleven, that's really tough for me.
0: And like this is a team that, while they've had almost as much success in the last three four years as Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame, just purely based on regular season wins, um, they they aren't churning out talent the same way they're not mm-hmm. churning out talent to the NFL the same way they're not recruiting if you look at the recruiting rankings they just don't have like oh uh, five stars starting as a junior and the guy behind him's a five star who we've now groomed for two years behind him and by year three he's going to be ready to go LeBron Ray's the next star for Bama you know that Clemson Bama Ohio State they just have that every single year um, and it almost works like the way air force is able to like train guys up before they even count against like an official spot, you know,
2: um, well, that's the big difference, right. Between like yes. Bama and Clemson and some of these, all of yes. these, you know, especially top 10 teams, they're starting lineup talent-wise fairly on par, you know, with each other. The difference is the depth. The difference is when you're at Alabama or Clemson, mm-hmm. all four, you know, people in the depth chart are as capable of, of fulfilling and coming in and could probably start anywhere in the country.
0: Right. And how much you were able to groom and develop that starter before being thrown into the fire. So now he's not like all of Tennessee's starters who have developed bad habits and don't know how to win and like, don't know what winning culture is anymore. No, these guys have been like plugged in, dialed into perfection. and Now they just need to go play. You know, it's real easy. Oklahoma doesn't have that I'd said it before this is a big year for Lincoln Riley to show that he can actually do it on his own they've also lost dcs lately you know like there's a lot to be that's churned out over the last few years at oklahoma that they need to prove they can handle that kind of turnover alabama clemson ohio state i've seen it for decades i don't i don't need them to prove it to me oklahoma post stoops stoops had set that structure up i wouldn't be questioning stoops the same way Lincoln Riley though he's got to prove it. Oh, and I love Lincoln. Florida Dan Mullen nine wins. I love Dan Mullen but I I don't I don't know what to make of this team. So much were those three studs, Tras Tony uh Pitts? Like you lost all three. I that was mm-hmm. the entire team a year ago.
1: Um yeah, I, I can't Remember the quarterback's name right now, but you're actually getting a Dan Mullen quarterback yep. coming in this year, a guy who is actually Jones, a Threat. threat. Right? Yes, I think that's his name. Yeah. Um, and they have a loaded backfield too, so you know they're going to be able to run the ball, I think, pretty easily. But you got to travel to LSU. Um, you know, maybe LSU's not as strong as they as we're used to, I guess. But I mean, you get Alabama at home. Uh, of course, you got the neutral site Georgia game. I, I mean. I kinda of wanna hit the over here because I mean you factor in the SEC championship game. Maybe they make it, they'll probably lose to Bama, right? Um, but then you got a bowl game also. I think that extra bowl game is what really pushes them over into that double digit mark. But I do understand your concern here, Dre. Um, I don't maybe this is a stay away actually, because I want to take the over. I'm just not confident in it though.
2: I don't think bowl games count just, oh, just they don't? Okay. like gamblers are aware. I think it's regular season only. I'm not even a hundred percent sure that conference championship games count, but I think that's technically a regular season game still. So that yeah, would, but bowl think, game would not. I think
0: you're right. Um, So like 12 games, there'll be dogs to Bama, even though they're at home and Georgia, even though they're at home. And I wouldn't put it past them to lose to Kentucky on the road just because Kentucky's been doing some stuff lately. Um, but you know that's three. There's a push. That's nine and three if you lose to Kentucky, if you win against Kentucky or ten. 10 and two, there's a lot of talent though. Um, I'm kind of leaning towards betting on that. Again though, I'm, I'm a Molin guy. so you know you kind of mm-hmm. now that we get now we get more into preferential stuff rather than like, uh, yeah, this is the smart play.
2: I think I'd take the over hesitantly, but just for the reasons that you said, I mean, I I trust Dan Mullen. I'm not necessarily in the Dan Mullen fan club or anything like that, but the guy's a a proven offensive guy. I think, you know, he's, you know, there's reason to believe this team's going to be competitive, but. Yeah, one of the ones that's really interesting to me is Cincinnati at 10. Yes. Because they play a deceptively tough schedule. They should do pretty well in the AAC. I'm not really worried about that. But, you know, they do play Notre Dame. I don't know. You you got Ritter coming back at quarterback. You've got a lot of defensive talent. I want to take the over, but I don't love that you don't get it at plus money. You get it at minus 105.
0: Notre Dame and Miami on the road. I mean, Notre Dame and Indiana. On the, why would I say mm-hmm. Miami when I'm in? <laughs> um, I've never been more different. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um,
2: yeah. I, I think it's a stay away for me. As high as I am on Cincinnati, I, I don't know. I mean... I think they have the talent to compete with either of those teams. It wouldn't shock me if they won both, but it also wouldn't be that surprising if they dropped both. And at that point, you need them to run the table. That's a tough That's a tough call just to even push.
1: Yeah, and the number's at 10 too, right? So you got to hit 11 wins, which is what concerns me. You really only have that one game wiggle room. And we already highlighted um, three games here that could really actually push cincinnati and all three could be losses so yeah i mean i'd stay away from this but if i had to bet i think i'd take under even though i like you said justin i love cincinnati this year
0: yeah and it's not so much ritter what has me intrigued by cincy is how much defensive talent they're bringing back gardner is going to be a stud corner me sanders is going to blow up um, their secondary is going to be sick yeah dude
2: mm-hmm. and,
0: but if this is how we're leaning maybe we take the over on indiana I want to. I'm now. I'm really enjoying this because we get out of the blue bloods and stuff and into more teams like Indiana and what have you. So, uh, I don't know what made me think of this, but honestly, um, I I kind of wonder if George Payton's doing a little work for uh for Manscaped because I felt like that whole uh, quarterback cornerback comment was uh was really busting the balls of people like us. Manscaped won't bust your balls. They'll take good care of you. Um, and you know, all that you've got going on down stairs, <laughs> um, yeah, like, uh, you know, they've, they've got all the best deals you could ask for. You can get 20% off plus free shipping with the code DMVR at manscaped.com. Um, that's an incredible deal and you'll get, you know, that's all to stay nice and tidy, uh, you know, in in your downstairs and make sure no one's busting you. Uh, you've got the best products there is. Um, you know, the, the lawnmower is amazing. We, uh, we love their creams and ointments, especially in the summer, especially going out. I know the boys have been on the field. You can always benefit from the, the toner and all their great products. Um, they're really, you know, just such a great partner and, uh, we enjoy all their products. Uh, so definitely go out, use that code DMVR and get yourself that 20% off, man. That's a really great deal.
2: Check them out. Indiana at seven and a half, man. That's
1: as juicy, isn't it?
2: It's juicy. I mean, you, you can get the over at minus one Oh five, which isn't great, but it's good enough to where you're still going to make, you know, decent money. I don't, A lot of those early ones I like just because they were plus money, but I think logically Indiana winning eight games seems pretty reasonable to me.
1: Yeah, I think so too. I mean, of course, it all kind of hinges on Pennix coming back and being able to be the player that he was. Um, I mean, they took it to Ohio State last year. They lost by seven. They could have easily won that game. Um, You get them at home this year. You have to travel to Ann Arbor to play Michigan. I don't think Michigan's really a threat. Uh, wow. This coming year. But yeah, that Cincinnati game, you got to travel to Iowa to open the season too. So even though this schedule does it pretty tough, I think the talent on this team gets them over that seven and a half hump. Um, I would take the over with Indiana. I think, I mean, again, all depends on Penix. If he's healthy, um, and I think all reports coming out is that he's playing and yeah. looking okay. So just with the information given, I would go with the over here.
0: I mean, it all comes down to the Cincinnati game, really right cuz i could easily see 8 and 4 with your four losses coming at penn state um ohio state at home at michigan and at iowa to open the season that's those are four reasonable losses michigan total toss up iowa i mean if it's the indiana we saw a year ago total toss up penn state total toss up frankly but mm-hmm. it comes down to the cincinnati um so yeah if you're leaning you're leaning indiana you love this over you're leaning Cincy. you love the over for cincy and vice versa on the unders for indiana and cincy yeah okay um those are i mean Cincy, the indiana are two teams i'm gonna be really excited to follow this season. Mm-hmm. another one's georgia because from a draft perspective that d has so much talent yep especially with adding that other corner from, from Clemson. Um, and that's who they opened the season against Clemson. And then, you know, they kind of dodge, Dude, they dodge major bullets on, <laughs> yeah. on the SEC West side. They don't have to face Bama. They don't have to face LSU. They've got Auburn um, and Arkansas. Like, that's really nice. Mizzou, that's it. And you get
2: them at plus money on the over, which, you know, counting on 11 wins in the SEC is always a tough task, but if they reach the SEC championship game, they've got a great chance at that. And I just like the value.
1: I mean, I love Georgia. They're one of my favorite programs in the country, but you're really kind of, if you're looking at the over here, you're really hoping JT Daniels pans out and just going on Georgia's history, you know, they've choked these games against South Carolina, uh, Kentucky, all the time. Um, that's just kind of what they do. So you're really kind of hoping this is one of the better Georgia teams, which on paper it looks like, right? But again, no George Pickens, uh, one of their top receivers. Yeah. So, man, uh, um, but is Georgia really only going to win like 9, 10 games?
0: 10 games would be very good. Um,
1: probably you win you miss to the, the
0: SEC East, but you win the bet. You missed the bet, and that's what that's what has me skeptical. Also, like, I hate to say it, but both first time starting quarterbacks, essentially like guys we only know a bit about Emory Jones versus JT Daniels and given the track records of both programs to develop quarterbacks and stuff. Like I think Florida wins that it's in the mm-hmm. swamp. I kind of think Florida wins that I kind of think I'd give the edge. to. that's Mullen. a
1: neutral site game.
0: Oh, there you go. I'd give the edge though, to Mullen over, over Kirby smart. Like just because he knows how to develop that offense.
1: Yeah, I mean, this schedule just looks so good though. But I just I don't know if I trust Georgia enough as a program or Kirby smart enough as a coach to really for sure hit that eleven win total. Um, I don't. I'd stay away from. It's a lot to bank on. It's it's a lot
2: to bank on. I get that. Iowa State
0: set at nine.
2: I like that. I like that a hell of a lot more than I like Oklahoma at 11, just because you can still lose a couple of weird games in the big 12, but they do got Brees Hall coming back. You know, they return their quarterback. I mean, I, no, no. I think there's a lot to like there. 10 wins. You know, doesn't seem all that unrealistic.
0: Yeah. yeah. Iowa at home the first, the second week. And then of the big dogs and the big 12, um, so the two Oklahomas and Texas and TCU, only Oklahoma is in a game. That's pretty nice.
1: Yeah, I like I Oklahoma that state. Oklahoma state at home too. Yeah. Um, and Matt Campbell just, I mean, defensively, he really coaches team up. It's really kind of an anomaly in the big 10 or big 12 in terms yeah. of defenses. That is probably one of the most reliable, uh, just to not give up like 60 points every week. Um, I like this team. I even though Brock Purdy, you know, he really lost a lot of credibility with his play. Uh, for me last year, yeah. um, you get the veteran quarterback. You have a playmaker at running back. You have a playmaker at tight end. The defense is usually always solid. I like this team to go over that nine one total.
2: And you get it at plus money at, at plus one ten.
1: Honestly,
0: I i I feel so gross about it because they're like. They're like the anti college football team in twenty twenty one. Like the jerseys right. aren't sexy, the way they play isn't sexy, but that's that's their formula. It's like they're a disciplined, well coached football team who just gets the job done week in, week out. Period. So yeah, I I feel gross about it, and I love that it's I <laughs> it's an it's a non sexy over that I love because I hate it, and I love that I hate it. So there you go.
2: I feel um, about as confident in that one as I do with anybody in the top 25. I mean, Bama and Clemson are pretty good locks, but again, you know, counting on 12 wins is, is tough. Counting on 10 wins from Iowa State, I like that.
0: Yeah, 100%. I mean, there's, they're a team that's shown you they can compete and they're actually returning quite a bit of talent. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, how of all the teams in the top 15 that we've talked about, Is there a more accomplished backfield than that, than Purdy Brees Hall?
1: Uh, I don't think so. I mean, maybe you throw Oklahoma in there. They're running back Kennedy Brooks, uh, a guy who didn't play last year, um, but still kind of a more unknown. And I definitely take Brees Hall over him, even if he played last year. So
0: Right. Maybe UNC that's coming up, but no, they lost both their starting running backs a year ago. Georgia, Mm -hmm. Samir White, JT Daniels. At least we've seen Daniels start other places.
1: Right.
0: But, I mean, shoot, that tells you how much of an advantage Iowa State had. And, I mean, I always, when I'm making college football bets, that's one of the first things I look at is how reliable is that backfield going to be to carry this team. And then I mm-hmm. look at the head coach. Well, shoot, uh, the they win both of those. Yeah, quite a nice trifecta there to make you feel pretty, uh, pretty confident, pretty secure in that pick. Um, let's knock a few of these out before we go enjoy our Fridays and, uh, salute you all coastal set at 10. Unlike, um, some of these other, you know, like Cincy loaded up on big name schools,
1: this schedule is a joke. Yeah.
0: It's terrible, man. It's horrible. Citadel, Kansas, Kansas is the only power five opponent they
1: have. And I mean, that's not even their toughest game. They got to travel to Appalachian state, which is probably going to be their most difficult game. I don't know. You play Georgia Southern uh, away, you know, defending that hybrid triple option offense is always a tough, a tough deal. Um, They do return Grayson McCall though, the quarterback who played pretty well for them last year. I think if you're looking at the over, that's really where you're looking at this team in terms of their strength. Um, I just don't know if they have enough on the outside and defensively they lost um the edge rusher right uh what's they his did. name taron jackson um, Yep, um, exactly so you're really kind of and just last year was really just like a perfect storm for total, coastal right total. so i don't know i mean i could you could easily get burned on this over though just because of the or on this under if you take that because of how easy the schedule is though
0: yeah right that really is the dilemma here i just i just kind of hate it and don't think i'll be watching that much Coastal.
2: Yep, same. Yeah, yeah, I don't I know enough about them to give an honest assessment of whether I trust it or not. I like the schedule, but I mean, we've seen that a lot of times where a team kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah. They have a flashy season and then everybody expects them to continue it up and they follow it up with like a seven and five campaign. Minnesota That'd be pretty disappointing. Ago. But yeah, yeah exactly. Right.
0: Yep. Um, yeah, Minnesota was that two years ago. There's definitely a couple of these we've talked about who won't even be ranked um and coastal would be one of my top guesses now most likely they're a one two loss team that's duking it out with app state to win the sunbelt right like that'd make a lot of sense and they're right around mm-hmm. 18 to 25 but yeah i'm just i'm just not investing much in that north carolina because they have sam howell because they've been churning out some talents this is an interesting one and um jeez Scheduling gods were nice
2: to them. Um, yeah, nine and a half. It seems I mean, cause... for a for a team that returns a quarterback as experienced as Howell, schedules not all that daunting. No Clemson guys, yeah. Yeah,
0: that's I, I like 10 wins. That's huge. Yeah, you have Notre Dame. That would be the one game. I mean, if we were setting the lines in the preseason, you'd expect them to not be favored in everything else they would be favorites by at least four or five points making these out ahead of time
1: I I mean I love North Carolina I love somehow I think this team really has a chance to be in the conversation at least up until November again yep. this year yep. Um, but just going back to last year there were some really head-scratching losses I mean the Florida state loss was absolutely horrendous last year. Uh, they also lost to Virginia by three, two. And, you know, the schedule does look favorable for them, but you also have a couple tough road games, I think outside of Notre Dame, even, I mean, it is returning their quarterback who was hurt last year and that team was frisky at times. Same with NC state. Um, they have to travel to play them also. Um, I don't know, man. I, I want to take the over. I just don't think, got to leave enough in the team especially after losing your top two receivers top two running backs uh, you have the quarterback but um, I don't know if that's enough for me
0: I know they're the reverse Iowa State they have all the sizzle but you wonder if there's enough substance to get you through and uh, get you to the finish with double digit wins I, I'm kind of a Mac Brown believer though and um, but yeah, you've I'm been impressive. Yeah, on this. I'm kind of skeptical on this line. That's where you're leaning to, Justin.
2: Skeptical. Yeah, I think I think ten wins is fairly safe. It, it would ten and a half would have made me feel pretty nervous. But you've got some wiggle room there. Even if you do lose to Notre Dame, I I, I like a shot at ten wins with this team. Just given the experience, there, return at quarterback, I like I like Mac Brown again. He just feels like one of those guys that's going to win you eight, nine, ten games every single year. Not necessarily the best coach in college football or anything like that just consistent and
1: that's really all you need let's Iowa, I, go ahead just to convince me i'm, a, I'm just <laughs> gonna bank on my team here i'm gonna go with the over on unc
2: if you're not in on unc i don't know how we can expect the audience members to be because i'd be like that's if i true. was if i was out on csu or hank was out on cu they'd be like well, why the fuck would i touch that then
1: <laughs> true true
0: Let's touch on a couple more interesting ones here at the end of the line. Like uh, you've been talking Texas a lot. Their number set at eight, um, Jake.
1: Yeah, Texas, I mean, kind of a lot of unknowns. Just, I mean, just looking at the quarterback position, really, um, the schedule does look pretty favorable Yeah. in terms of, you know, traveling. I mean, you get Iowa. Oh, you do have to travel to Iowa State, but you get Oklahoma State at home. Um, I mean, traveling to TCU isn't a big deal for Texas, I don't think. But my thing is it's Texas, man. They though they have these slip-ups against Baylor, against Kansas yeah. State all the time. As much as I love Sarkeesian and I think that he's really gonna be the guy that kind of gets Texas going the way that everyone thought Tom Herman would. I I'm just I'm nervous here. I mean, the number is eight, though. So I think nine is definitely attainable for them. Um, which is why I would probably lean the over. It is plus money also, um, but I'd be nervous taking that over just because of Texas's track record losing games that they should win.
2: Yeah, I feel like I an eight and four make. season could really burn you with Texas this year, where they lose you know one or two really right. dumb ones, and then they probably still upset Oklahoma in that process because that's what Texas does. But but that's, that's an, a push. So
0: another blue blood losing quarterback.
2: Uh, yeah
0: i'm in kind of wait and see mode like once texas shows me they can get back to win and like like mullen did at florida then i'll be i'll happily right. jump on um you're talking iowa for a sec there justin an opponent that the that csu has on their schedule their number set at eight and a half always one of the better coached squads in the country we always have our eyes on their o line especially
2: how do you see this
0: eight and a half is a lot of respect
2: yeah I don't, I, I'm pretty high on Iowa going into this year they return a lot of production it's going to be a brutal game for CSU unfortunately yeah. um, just speaking honestly like the it's know. it's gonna be a tough one going to Toledo is going to be tough too but Especially back to back, getting those two. Um, I don't. It's just it's tough in the Big Ten because Iowa they're always one of those tough teams. They're going to be competitive in any game that they're in. Yeah. But for me, it's just always a matter of do they have enough juice yeah. to get you know through the Ohio states of the world, and in this year, do they have enough juice to you know get through the Indianas of the world? Those type teams. Yeah. You know, we've talked about how Northwestern could be pretty good. It's just such a brutal conference that, I, I think I'd probably stay away. But I do think that Iowa is going to be really good this year, so I, I guess I guess I would lean over, but it would make me nervous.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm I would stay away from this just because of how Iowa plays. I mean, there's a lot of games that are yeah thirteen to ten going into the last two minutes that really just hinge on one play in those final um, minutes. You do That's have the to argument travel.
2: for CSU, by the way. Just if, if CSU were to pull off an upset, it would be like because they won 14 10 or something like right. that, you know, like a dumb game,
1: right? You do have to travel to Wisconsin. Uh, they play Iowa State again after taking that year off from the yeah. rivalry last year. Um, you know, Penn State really at comes home, down though? To
0: Iowa State, right?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, but we, uh we already talked about how we like Iowa state. So I think yeah we could safely, or I don't want to say safely, but we could chalk that up as a loss. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, I just, I don't feel confident enough in Iowa just because of how they play. You're really going to be sweating a lot of games out. If you take mm-hmm. that over.
2: And you don't get it at plus money either. I just think there's mm-hmm. better value. If you want to take some of these teams, I'd rather I, bet on Indiana or Northwestern. I get the respect, but it's,
0: it's like almost too well set line San mm-hmm. Jose state. The only mountain West school we have on this list, Justin, their number set at eight. What do you, uh? what do you see there?
2: I would smash the over on that one. Really? Um, they're going to have one of the better defenses in, in college football. Their defensive line is going to be really stout. Everybody's really excited about the CSU defensive line and they should be, but this San Jose state defensive line is, about as good. You've got Nick Starkle coming back at quarterback and he's really coming to his own out there. A guy that I spent some time out at mountain West media day actually really won me over, but they do have kind of a deceptively tough schedule. They play at USC and at Hawaii yep. in the first three weeks after going to Hawaii, they then go to Western Michigan. So three straight road games. That's a ton of travel. I could really see them dropping one of those games. But as far as the non West play goes, they're going to be one of the top teams in the West. The West is going to be really, really tough. All basically, you know, Fresno State, Hawaii, Nevada, everybody returns a starting quarterback, all of which have played pretty well at different times. So, you know, they they could lose a a game or two, but just with the talent that they return, I think nine wins is a pretty safe bet.
1: Late season traveling game to Nevada also. um, I don't know as much about San Jose State. I defer to Justin on this one.
0: Um it really feels like as long as they can go even just one and two in that horrible travel stretch early on, which like using losing to USC, no, no problem. No sweat. So just yeah. go one and one between uh Hawaii and Western Michigan, they should be okay. Um let's do USC real quick, and then then as far as I'm concerned, we could even uh close this out unless you have any others you want to go over. USC's number set at eight and a half lots of lnfl talent we've talked about drake london drake jackson um keaton slovis of course those are some of the big names we're keeping an eye on they've got some tough out of conference because san jose state we just talked about that's not going to be a walk in the park notre dame is another one and BYU is who they close the schedule out with. And then, you know, the rest is, I mean, this is exactly what the Pac-12 commissioner is talking about. It's all those conference games.
2: You get no rest if you make a tough out-of-conference schedule. San Jose State is not the team that USC thought that they were scheduling, you know, like seven, right. eight years ago when they totally. put this game on the slate. Like that was supposed to be their gimme win. And now that's a game like, Depending on what the line is, I'm probably going to bet on San Jose State to cover. Money line may be a little too steep, but they're going to give them a run for their money. Yeah, for sure.
0: And they're lucky they get to host Utah, which is always the toughest place to travel to in the Mm -hmm. Pac-12. But they got to go to Arizona State. They got to go to Notre Dame. They got to go to Colorado. They got to go to Wazoo, which that's not a fun trip from Southern Cal. Um, Yeah, I'd take the under here.
2: I like yeah, their talent. I'm
0: not a believer in Clay Helton or I'm not a slow this guy either being a winning guy, team. Yeah.
1: Exactly. I'm right there with you guys.
0: Okay, fellas. That was a blast. We will be back next week. Just one pod next week. Get used to it and uh, more fun topics as we get ready for the college football season and uh, NFL seasons to come upon us right away. So yeah, best of luck. We'll catch you next week.